So what do you want to talk about tonight, James? Oh, well, I thought we could talk about parenting and 1990s music. I will be a contradiction this week. I will say very clever things, but I'll talk in this weird Ray Winston voice and I'll uh, be a little bit insecure about my intellect, despite by far being the cleverer person in this room. Well, I thought I'd come out with some ill-thought-out, pseudo-pretentious stuff while at the same time still thinking I'm somehow better than Russell Brand, even though he's almost exactly the same, only way better at it than I am. Yeah, uh, that's a funny thing that you just said. I fear sincerity. Now, you veered a little bit into Billy Bragg there. Tits. You do seem to be a bit obsessed with tits. Tits. I love them. I love them. I'm a contradiction. I'm uh, both so much of a feminist that I can't call myself a feminist because it makes me feel funny. And at the same time, I really like tits. Well, I mean, I I have to admit, I objectify women an incredible amount. I'm uh, I'm quite a contradiction myself. I, I tend to think of myself as being incredibly tolerant of people while at the same time very angry and and sort of conservative in a lot of my thinking. And I don't really know what I'm going to say from one minute to the next. But I tend to say it in a well-spoken enough way that um, people who don't really know any better think I'm far too clever for my own good. Yeah, well, it's all right, isn't it? Should we talk about wanking? Yeah, that's fairly solid ground. Let's talk about wanking. Hello, listener. Um, Bit of a weird week in Southampton podcasting this week, going on the assumption still that there are only two to four podcasts being done in Southampton at any given time, uh, two of which are this and uh, We Have Issues, which uh, some some of the same people do. This is by now a matter of public record. As is probably already obvious, there's there's only one of us this week. This isn't going to be a proper show. This is just going to be me monologuing it. It isn't uh, because... James has died. He is still alive. He's still with us. Um, at least he was at the point when I'm recording. But, you know, I haven't really heard from him in a couple of hours. So goodness knows what's going on with him. But yeah, so it's not going to be a normal show. You can probably treat this one as a bit of a filler. I'm going to talk a little bit about my week with uh, our week with Noah because he wasn't very well. But we probably will talk about it again next week. So no one's going to take it personally if you don't listen to this one. Last week, uh, I wasn't able to do a We Have Issues uh, a We Have Issues episode. More about that in just a second. Uh, it is relevant to this podcast. The uh, Parenting and Manhood podcast. Maybe not Manhood. Manhood sounds weird. But yeah, this week, James wasn't able to do this episode. And to be honest, things are a little bit up in the air. He wanted, uh, if possible, to to reschedule. But because I'm all excited and all a Twitter about uh, Thought Bubble at the end of the week, I, I couldn't really disrupt my week any more than that because I've done no organisation, absolutely zero planning um, at all for Thought Bubble. It snuck up on me. It's pretty much the same time every year, the same date every year, but for some reason I've convinced myself that it's at the end of November rather than at the beginning. Interestingly, my body seems to know that Thought Bubble's imminent. Uh, For the last few years, whenever I've gone to Thought Bubble, which is a comic convention up in Leeds, and so not entirely pertinent to this podcast... 
um, except that it's something that I'm going to and James isn't going to, which is the cause of lots of hilarious contrast in experience. Uh, even though I clearly didn't know that the convention was coming up at the end of this week, my body clearly did, because every year I get this horrible cold around Thought Bubble. I tend to think of myself as a patient zero for Concrud. It, I think that's going to happen this year as well. I can feel it tickling at the edge of my throat and uh, edging its way into my psyche. Uh, what doesn't help is I've been playing obsessively playing these two particular video games. Uh, are they called video games if they're on your PC? I don't know. I've been obsessively playing a game called Planetary Annihilation, uh, which I completed a campaign of last night, and um, another game called The Endless Dungeon or something like that, which is actually, I should try and remember it because it's way more fun than uh, than Planetary Annihilation. But I've been playing them quite obsessively, and uh, and it's been a few sleepless nights for other reasons as well um again which i'll get to in just a second so uh don't think i'm going to be particularly well for thought bubble but i'm still going to go because i've spent lots of money on it i was going to say buku money on it but i've got a sneaking suspicion that that's creepy cultural appropriation and i don't feel right about it so uh what's been happening this last week that's pertinent to parenting well we had a bit of a, a health scare with Noah, uh, Amy and I, not James and I, last Wednesday. Uh, the uh, spoiler warning, it's all okay. But uh, those of you with babies or with just people you care about or maybe pets will know, <laughs> not just people you know about, that's ridiculous because people you know about can tell you when there's a problem. Um, but But when a baby gets ill... They have no way of explaining to you what's going on and their bodies are as yet... The machine's almost fully formed, but the programming isn't all quite right yet. So um, it, it isn't always that clear what exactly is going on. Their thermostats are broken. Their skin is practically paper thin so and translucent. So uh, what, what normally wouldn't show up on us looks like a really bad rash on them. And what happened on Wednesday was Noah came home from the childminder and uh, the childminder told Amy, my wife, that he, was, he wasn't he was quite himself and he was running quite a temperature. Um, he hadn't eaten his food, which isn't really like him. And we'd noticed he'd had a cough for a little while, but because he doesn't really kick up a fuss or complain, we weren't really thinking twice about it. So because the childminder had flagged it, we were paying a lot of attention to him while he was eating. He didn't really eat his dinner, very very much of his dinner. And uh, and he was a little bit shaky, just a little bit like a tremor. And it was one of those things that because we were we were predisposed to be paying too much attention, we really noticed it. But we weren't sure if maybe, you know, it, it was a small enough shake that it could potentially have just been something that he does whenever he's tired and we just haven't noticed because he's normally acting up slightly in other ways when we've we've not quite gauged how tired he is by the time he's having his dinner so we tried not to worry about it and at, at the same time we figured well but his temperature is quite high so we'll get in touch with the out of hours doctor now, the out of hours doctor booked an appointment with us for 10 o'clock at, at 10 p.m and that was well past his bedtime so we put him in his bed and he went to sleep okay which was a good sign. So we thought this is all quite routine at this point. We woke him up to go to the out-of-hours thing. There were only two other people there, but we still didn't get in until gone 11. 
think maybe a little bit earlier and we were the the doctor's second to last uh, people that she was seeing. She was very tired. Her poker face wasn't great, to be honest, and she checked his temperature um, and just like took a look in his mouth and stuff and realized that he had what looked like tonsillitis, but that his temperature was way too high. She wasn't sure what would have um, been causing such a high temperature, and it was like in the danger zone. I think it's nearly 40 degrees. I think is 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 where they they say you've got to get in touch with the hospital. So she told us that she wasn't happy sending us home, but that she wasn't going to be around much longer to observe him, um, which was what she really wanted to do. And then she got on the phone to the hospital, and we could hear her getting loads of pushback about taking us to about us taking him to the children's ward. Um, and this was difficult, of course, because she is a medical professional had. And I think she was right to do this, but she had just told us she wasn't comfortable with us going home. And it started to sound like that was exactly what we were going to have to do. In the end, uh, she had a particularly difficult last customer of the night, so it was going to be around for a little bit longer anyway. Um, this poor lady who I think is a regular there. And, and so she was in with the doctor for a really long time. And in the end, the doctor could actually check Noah and his temperature had come down. So she was happy with sending us home. So we went home. And uh, then at about two in the morning, he woke up crying and was very, very warm indeed and was properly tremoring. He was shaking, um, not not convulsing, but not really what you want to see uh, your baby going through in the middle of the night when you don't know what's actually wrong with them. We have reasons. I think any parents are worried about that stuff. And I don't think, even though this has all turned out okay, I don't think we're necessarily going to ever be okay with him having like the shakes in the middle of the night, to be honest. But while any, while I think any parents would have issues with this, we have very particular reasons in our family for, for feeling, um, incredibly nervous and upset by stuff like this, uh, which I won't go into here. Uh, there's a little more I'll say about that in a minute, but, um, I won't go into too much detail because that isn't really my story to tell. But yeah, so shakes, we didn't like it. We did that thing which uh, there was a moment where we were almost too polite and didn't want to make a fuss enough that we weren't going to call um, A&E, but we did. We called A&E. Uh, we decided we were going to take him there regardless of, of what they said anyway. I suppose other, other people might have just like rushed him there. Um, we were a little bit, the hospital was willing to take us worried because it was bonfire night so we assumed that A&E was going to be really busy I haven't been to a hospital emergency room very often but as I understand it they're like always busy um, but on this particular occasion there was no one else there, it was lovely so oh, there was an old lady in a bathrobe in the grown up part but um, we were the only people with a child there so we got there at about 4am, the nurses took a look at him uh, measured his temperature were cautiously confident that it wasn't anything immediately like life-threateningly um, an emergency but did want to observe him and it was one of those situations uh, which I, I know isn't going to be foreign to a lot of people but one of those situations where 
you were waiting, but you didn't know how long you were going to be waiting for. So we didn't feel we could ask for a bed or somewhere to lie down or anything. And we were worried about Noah, so we wouldn't do anyway. And he wasn't sleeping, so we were staying awake with him. So we, in the end, we were at the hospital, uh, mid-length story, uh, slightly less than long. That doesn't work. We ended up at the hospital until 6 p.m., well, until about 5 or 6 p.m. the following day, basically. We were in this state of not exactly alert, uh, but we were concerned. And at the same time, we knew that we could be going at any point in the next couple of hours. There's always that slip. When you don't know how, when you don't know what the parameters are of the time you're going to be there, you never really settle. So neither of us really got any sleep from Wednesday morning to about uh, Thursday at 5 or 6 p.m. I know Amy didn't really sleep particularly well once we got home either, but I had a few hours before getting up again later on. During that time, Noah had a couple of these tremors. Apparently they're called rigor. Now, if you've got a, if you've got a baby child and they start shaking in a way that, that worries you, I would definitely get a professional to look at it. But it, it was quite, useful for me certainly to know that this is an actual thing that happens apparently they think it's when a uh, when a child or a baby gets too hot their body tries somehow to um shake it off like the taylor swift song um tries to uh, get rid of it by making the child shiver or or shake or whatever it's apparently harmless but it looks terrifying and it's it was particularly worrying because all of our advice, which I think was right, all of the advice we'd been given was, well, he has to be there in a nappy. Like, he has to, you have to strip him right down. You need to keep his temperature down because while it might not be something life-threatening that he's got, if his temperature keeps rising and his heart rate keeps rising, that's a bad thing. So we had this little baby. We were quite cold, but we had to keep him in his nappy. He had this rash that was just rolling around his entire body. Um, and he had the shakes a couple of times, which was... Very scary, but eventually we it all kind of got under control, and we seemed to hit the right combination of painkillers. Um, we'd already been given penicillin, and after diagnoses flipping backwards and forwards, the first doctor we saw had said she thought it was uh, tonsillitis, but didn't know why he had the temperature or the or the fast heart rate. Uh, the hospital, for most of the time we were there, were saying it, they thought it was this slapped slap cheek syndrome or slap cheek virus or something which is this virus children get relatively uncomfortable but harmless and it makes their cheeks look very bright red like they've been slapped hence the name which was a symptom that noah did have apparently slap cheek the slap cheek virus can be quite bad for pregnant mothers or for uh the uh fetus so we've had to get that checked anyway but eventually the hospital came back to the original diagnosis of tonsillitis um the temperature is just about his thermostat being broken and the shakes and the rash probably both come out of that anyway noah's fine now that's the the short version of the story is uh too long didn't listen the short version is that noah got ill we were quite scared we spent a lot of time in hospital not sleeping or eating or anything really, except for a really nice Burger King I had while I was there. Um, and, and he's fine now. And we had a lovely weekend and he was in a lovely mood. 
Um, the two grown men connection to that, aside from the fact that he is my son and therefore is one of the things I talk about a lot on here, is that uh, this morning he spent his first morning um, because our childcare arrangements and my wife's time that she has to be in to work on uh, on two days of the week uh, don't quite align. She has to travel to get to work, a little way to get to work, and she was finding she was getting there late uh, because the childminder doesn't open before a certain time. They were going to charge us quite a bit to, to get there earlier. So James's lovely wife, Nicola, uh, agreed to help us out. And so Noah... After being ill over the weekend and, and still being a little bit out of sorts, uh, Amy very nervously left him, um, took him over and left him with Nicola for his, uh, for his first time being left there by himself. Also, th- there was the added concern of the fact that he hadn't been very well. Um, and so had been a little bit stressed out and a little bit clingy over the weekend, very clingy to her. But apparently it went fine. I've been getting texts from James, who is actually at home at the moment, uh, saying that, that Noah seemed uh, in very high spirits. He seems to be much, much... Well, he said he suggested that Noah is great value for money, very upbeat, lots of fun. I know from experience that Noah was probably terrorizing their dogs, but their dogs are a lot more patient and a lot less scary than my dogs, so that's good. Um, one of the weird things that has happened during this last week when Noah's not been very well is I've mentioned in the past that, that they have these weird developmental spurts or develop developmental... Is there a non-American-sounding way of saying that word? Developmental. Developmental. No, okay, developmental. He's been having these... Uh, deve- the, he has these developmental spurts where suddenly he can do lots of things. Well, he's been toddling recently, but over the last few days, I have really noticed that he's much more confident just walk like he's still not walking but he's toddling much more confidently and he can do it he just doesn't always remember he can do it but at the same time he's actually responding in a way that suggests to us that he can understand what we're saying a lot more now it's he's he's a little bit odd in that he normally what babies do is they they pick up a bunch of words so they learn a whole bunch of words but they don't necessarily understand uh, context or sentences whereas he hasn't been learning words but he's been talking in these gibberish sentences some children do it but not not all of them and the sentences he's been saying clearly he thinks he's saying something specific to us he he's he makes certain strings of of uh, gibberish words uh, consistently in different situations but over the last few days, there have been lots of those moments where you just idly say something to him. Um, trying to think of an example. You say, so how are you doing over there then? Or something like that. And his first response will just, you, you won't really be listening for it, but his first response will be, all right, or something like that. And it will be like a proper human normal English word that that's contextually right for the occasion, which most of the, the grown-ups I know can't even manage using the right word for a particular social situation um they're all mad frankly and i include myself in that so that's that's something that's really happened over the last few days i really noticed a, a, a some very consistent and uh, appropriate use of language which is good but at the same time is terrifying because the truth is in the same way that we haven't really done a great job of childproofing our house Amy and I haven't been, we decided 
when he was born that we would be very, very careful about how much we'd swear around him because we do swear too much. Amy's probably a little bit worse than me, actually, even though she's much posher, probably because she's much posher. But yeah, now that he seems to actually be taking stuff in, we're maybe going to have to start being a bit more careful about what we say. And there are a couple of songs that are going to have to come off the YouTube playlist, uh, specifically Sarah Silverman's uh, Perfect Night, which has a lot of stuff about masturbating in it. Uh, lady masturbating, which uh, is uh, is more mysterious and sacred than male masturbation, as I as I'm sure you all know. Anyway, I've talked way more than I intended to. Uh, so yeah, excited about Thought Bubble. Noah was ill, but he's fine now. Thank you uh, for asking, Internet. James is... I think he'd be okay with me saying he's feeling a little bit under the weather and stressed out at the moment, but I'm sure he can talk about that. And, you know, we will probably talk about uh, the hospital again next week uh, if James is remotely interested. If you're lucky, maybe we'll get that out of our uh, get get that out of our system beforehand. I'm not entirely sure what we'll be doing about next week's show because I'm going to be travelling back from Thought Bubble on Monday. So um, it may be a, a Skype show which naturally we end up keeping relatively short because neither of us particularly likes talking over Skype. I think that's it, listener. Sorry, I was only going to keep this short, but it's ended up it's ended up being around like what something like the fifteen twenty minute mark. It's all very exciting. Uh, is there anything I've missed? Oh, one thing, one thing that I have been thinking about a lot over the last few days because we spent so much time in hospital. There is, there's very little in the world more depressing than the children's ward of a hospital. Uh, we. We're very lucky in some ways because by the time we were around lots of other sick children, we already knew that no was okay. We were just trying to establish exactly what the parameters of the you know of his um, illness was. But children with tubes in in them, children looking depressed, children there, and you don't really know how long they're going to be there for. Uh, they're very glum because because they don't feel great and in recent years we've spent a lot of time in hospitals and a hospice so for um for amy and i and the rest of our immediate family it has particular connotations that setting isn't one that we're particularly comfortable with there are horrible associations for everyone in that setting Uh, i don't think anyone's particularly happy wandering around a children's ward it's a bit weird if you're wandering around a children's ward. Only go there if you've got someone to see or you work there. Don't just go wandering around them. That's just weird. It just uh, it just reminded me of the one charity that I actually contribute to. So I'm not doing Movember, but at the same time, the part of that is because we've, we've started giving uh, annual, uh, not huge donations, but annual donations to an organization uh, called Helen and Douglas House. It's a hospice. I'll put a link to it. It'll probably be the only thing in show notes this week. I will put a link to it in the in the show notes. It's a, a place that provides um, respite and end-of-life care for uh, sick children, uh, sick or handicapped children. And it's it's odd to say this about a place that is also so sad and bittersweet but it's kind of an amazing place a lot of my feelings about charity are are actually 
come together in a place like Helen and Douglas House because the service they provide seems to me to be something that we really as a society, as part of our fabric, should be providing for. They look after people and help people and give people comfort in a time when they absolutely can't look after themselves. People only go there during the worst part of their life. And uh, the the people who, who work at Helen Douglas House and the organization that, that keeps the place going looks after those people. And it's I, in particular, find it really easy to be cynical about places, um, especially places that are, are nice, that are run by nice people. I'm very cynical about kindness. I'm sometimes aware that it's a huge failing on my part, but uh, a lot of the time... Uh, the the universe has borne out my cynicism about kind people. Quite often kind people are being kind in one direction, but it turns out they're being really intolerant or at at least ignorant in another direction. We spent a lot of time at Helen and Douglas House visiting people we care about uh, a few years ago, and I don't have any cynicism about the place. Um, luckily, the uh, website on its front page does have a short introduction video from Michael McIntyre, um, which helps with the cynicism. But the problem is he's really sincere, like genuinely sincere on there. So you can't hold it against him. It was set up by nuns and there is still a church presence there. But the actual place itself it is completely as the word secular it doesn't there's no there's no evidence of that stuff if it gives you comfort then it's available there because everybody uh, because everybody behaves very differently in those situations some people need to be comforted a lot some people just want to be left alone they're very good at keeping their distance when that's what a family needs um and they very much let people grieve in their own way so if you do have a little bit of money left at the end of the month or you you've uh, you've got a bit that you're willing to donate and if this is a charity that um an organization that that sounds anything like it might be something that you'd want to support they are definitely deserving of your money and from what i could tell from the information they've given um they've given on their website about their budget and uh, and their running costs the amount they do with the donations is actually incredible in a time when i find it very easy to wonder what the hell it is a lot of charities a lot of the bigger charities are actually spending their money on helen and douglas house does an awful lot with uh with your donations so that's that sincere moment over um, I guess it really is time to go. If you've listened this far, thank you. You didn't have to. Um, it isn't a proper show if there aren't two of us. The show's called Two Grown Men, not one lonely man jizzes on about nonsense. So thank you. And God bless the NHS. They do everything very slowly, but the individual people you deal with are pretty lovely, uh, to be honest. They're all very, very good. Although... One thing that maybe everyone could save time on is uh, is if there was some way that you could not have to explain every single detail of your situation to each new person you talk to, because that's a little bit exhausting, but it's probably done for very good reasons that I don't really understand. I will uh, 
speak to you next week. And hopefully James will be here and it'll all be great. Uh, we love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.